into the car rental business. It's pretty simple, actually, but I, I really kind of relate it to real estate because it's simple, but it's not easy, per se. So it's a lot of management involved unless you get a good team around you, but it can be done. And I've had a lot of students have a lot of successes. So at the first step, you got to realize what you want to do because there's two different ways you can do it. Um, it's multiple platforms. The two most popular are Turo and Hiredcar. So Turo is going to be more suited for people who want to um, just rent cars for a weekend, maybe for a prom or something of the sort like that, or maybe for a vacation, whereas Hiredcar, as I mentioned, is more suited for Uber and Lyft drivers. So I lean more towards Hiredcar because the demand was higher and you have a higher likelihood of getting a long-term renter because those individuals want to utilize the business or the vehicle for business purposes. You know, they want to drive Uber and Lyft. They want to make money. So if they get a good vehicle, they want to have it as long as possible to continually bring in income. But with Turo, um, Turo is great as well, but you won't have more long-term renters. So it's going to be less passive and more of an active management Um so if you want to make that more passive, you'll have to put some systems in place so that you're not the one that's handling the frequent pickup and drop-offs of the vehicle. But um, to get started, it's typically about $1,500 um, if you're financing a vehicle. So let me just give you an example to help people understand a little bit easier. So my first vehicle, I spent about $10,000. Uh, typically banks, they want about 10% down for the down payment. So your down payment is going to be like a grand and then you're going to have to get insurance. So insurance typically requires a down payment as well. Let's say that's about 150. In addition to that, I typically recommend individuals to get an LLC because you want to be a business. You might as well structure it like a business as well. So depending on where you are, you know, in Chicago, that's about 150. Um, so now you're up to 1300. In addition to that, if you're doing higher car, you're going to need a Uber and Lyft, a Uber and Lyft like review, where essentially you go to like a Jiffy Lube or, or mechanic, and they basically sign off that this vehicle meets the Uber and Lyft requirements. Um, that's only about fifty bucks, so now you're at thirteen fifty. And then, um, in addition to that, there's some additional things that you can grab. Um, in Chicago, we have like city stickers that we're required to get, so that's another like a hundred bucks uh, to get us to like to that fourth. 1450 mark but not every state or city requires that so yeah that's kind of where you get to that 1500 but once you acquire the vehicle all you're doing from there is taking some really nice photos for marketing purposes posting on the platform creating the description for the video and then you just got to make sure that you're pricing it right uh so renters will actually rent it and that's something that I talk about in my course as well, how to analyze the vehicle to make sure that it's meeting whatever your minimum monthly cash flow threshold is. Because I always tell my students, you know, you have to make this business worth it for you, especially if you're going to be active, if you're going to be active in the management of the business. Because some people may see, you know, $300 a month in cash flow from one vehicle, and that may not be worth it for them. Like for me, my minimum was $400 a month. Um, so you really got to understand why you're getting into business, how much you want to make, um, and then how you're going to meet that. So that's something, that's all things that I talk about in the course, but yeah, that's a basic overview of how to get started. Um, but the big thing is really the management of the business. 
because you got to understand that these these are vehicles. This is not a rental property. You know, there's regular maintenance that has to be done on these vehicles. And if you don't take care of your asset, it's not going to take care of you. So that's really, really, really important. So that, that's definitely great. Um, so you prefer a higher, um, higher car over Toro. And that's correct, right? For now, yeah, but I'm actually about to start on Turo in the next couple of weeks. I got a Toyota Corolla that I'm about to throw up on there. Um, but I think I may I may be transitioning to Turo. I don't know. Turo, their platform has come a long way. And I like the fact that, you know, drivers have ratings. Um, owners have ratings. You become a super host. Turo is more like Airbnb than hire car is. So, I'm gonna try out Turo and I'm gonna see I'm gonna see what's to it and hopefully it all pans out. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'm gonna move away from higher car mainly because the car is just being used so much and I don't have um, I don't have time to really keep up with the upkeep even though I have those systems in place. Plus with Turo, you sort of have a higher chance of bringing in a little bit more income, but it's more work included in that. But if I have people in place to do that for me then it shouldn't be an issue. So yeah, I'm gonna try out Turo and I'll definitely be letting everyone know my experience with that. All right. Um, something that I like that you is like you have an almost all your business, you have some type of partnership. Um, so where it's not completely on you. I don't know if you want to, um, could you explain how you go about building partnership into business? A lot of times partnership in business is not the best thing a lot. So how do you go about strategically partnering with different people and different businesses. Yeah, so at first it was really a trial and error thing because, you know, getting a good partnership is really tough and you don't really realize that until you get into a bad one. So I had a couple bad partnerships that really didn't pan out, but now I have a kind of different perspective. And I think first and foremost, you really got to evaluate the core values of that individual um, because they need to be aligned with yours. And not only that, not only their core values, their work ethic. Because, you know, people on the surface, they may seem like they have a certain kind of work ethic, but you don't really know until you get in business with them. And I think being in business with someone is, man, that's one of the, the easiest ways to really figure out how a person is. So it's, it's, it may be a trial and error thing up front, but all you really can do is have your contracts in place, you know, your operating agreements, things of the sort, and really, really make sure you try to do your due diligence to the best of your ability to make sure you won't get screwed on the back end by having a bad partner. Uh, something that is also very important is to have established roles and responsibilities. Because if you just, you know, have an operating agreement and you say, we're just going to start this business, now when it comes to certain tasks in the business, you don't really know who's going to do them. And if neither person is taking initiative to get things done, or if one person is the type that takes initiative and the other isn't, then you know the management of that business is going to fall more heavily on that one individual partner. But if you have established roles and responsibilities, then you'll know exactly who's going to be doing what. So there won't be any questions, there won't be any confusion, and that'll just help make the business run a bit smoother. Um, but I always tell people just related to, you know, if you ever had a nine to five, just related to how that business operates, you know, once you get, when you get hired, actually, before you get hired, when you look at that job listing, it lists out all your roles and responsibilities. So it's really clear 
And then, you know, once you get on the job, they lay that out even more thoroughly for you as well. So you're not really ever confused on what you should be doing. Um, so take that same approach when you have your own business and you have partnerships or you have employees, make it simple for people. Um, so you make it easier on them as well as yourself. That's good. Um, so one question I have um, in regards to Toyota High Cards, is it possible to do it in every city? Um, I know some city may be saturated in terms of how Ubers and rental cars is. So is it possible to do it in every city? Yeah, most cities. Um, I, I can't say every city because uh, I know higher car operates in most of the 50 states, but it really depends on your city and your state. So I give you an example like New York City, they have very, very tough restrictions on ride sharing. And that's mainly because, you know, even before Uber and Lyft came around, they always had a huge traffic problem. So now